This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week's This Life with Dr. Bob Forrest is courtesy of Bergamot Sport, an all-natural athletic performance-enhancing and muscle recovery supplement with the usual multiple cardiovascular benefits associated with the polyphenols in the Bergamot products. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, oh my gosh, again, it's going to be get your iPhone Hook it up to your Bluetooth, drive in rush hour traffic, and listen to This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest. There you go. And This Life, as usual, is courtesy of uh, Bergamet, and we've got our new uh, support from Hydrolite, and also don't forget our friends at the National Assessment Foundation. We'll talk more about that, and also check out doctor.com. You can click through there and uh, look at the family of podcasts that are available, and uh, also bergamet.com, where you can learn about the Bergamet Pro. Bergamet, Bergamet of course, is that... The thing you're on. The thing I'm on, the product that helps with vascular health, polyphenol product that has a good effect on the metabolic syndrome as well as on HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors and reduces the bad cholesterol. And uh, we, we've done several... Oh, Bruce and I did some pods talking to the doctor. I was here that one day. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah here. Dr. Bruce, if you go to this life, uh, excuse me, to Weekly Infusion, you'll hear some more in-depth conversation about that product. Uh, okay, now it's my privilege to welcome Sherry Gaba. Sherry, how are you? I'm great. Rehab it's like a little yeah. celebrity rehab reunion And Shelly is with us once again, so Hi. we're having a, our clinical I'm team. around. Our clinical team reunion from Celebrity Rehab, exactly. And um, Sherry, describe your work and what you're doing now. Oh, so many things. Got my private practice going. I'm publishing a magazine, uh, Recovery Today magazine, which is really all for families and for addicts and alcoholics in and out of recovery to provide hope. Um, writing my next book, which you're going to love, the Marriage and Love Addiction. Not Ooh, just love yeah. addiction, but marriage and love addiction. Marriage addiction? Which is what I know all about Your so mom. well. Oh, no. Your well, dad. her too. <laughs> Me. Oh, you. Personal Mwah. experience. Personal experience. Moi. Personal experience. So, so love addiction is a feature of, uh, of, marriage addiction is a subset of love addiction. Absolutely. Wow. People, you know, needing to be, same, same feelings, the same emptiness, the same not being able to be alone, the same not wanting change. You know, it's all the same stuff, you know, of all addictions, right? There's really no difference. Um, what else am I up to? Oh, and I do a, a summit. I do the Recovery Today series where I interview people like yourself. I'm going to have to talk to you guys about coming on my next summit mm-hmm. where we'll interview like 27. Yeah, I got the emails about that. Sounded you did? Fun. Oh, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Bob. Okay. So, you know, people love to just turn on the audios anytime and, you know, listen to experts in our field. Um, what's so amazing is there's, you know, think about when we did Celebrity Rehab, how many more p- specialists there are today, how many experts there are that are doing what we're doing that have so much information to share. Uh, we're, we're a little 
concerned about some of them. Some of them. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. We're, we, it, it's, they're, we they're, do get a little guarded. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. because the excessive medicalization and pharmacologizing everything. And pathological. And, and, and looking for underlying reasons for drug use and somebody that can't get out of bed yet and doesn't know what day it is. And, you know, not understanding that these things have a timing. and a, you know, So we're play. getting away from the structure of the 12 we're, steps. We're getting, getting away from the away reality from of addiction. And the, and the, the and, length of stay. The last time the three be. of us were together, we decided that the biggest problem is that patient, the, the clinicians are not being trained to understand that addicts cannot be trusted. They're always lying. And they, they, are, they seem not to get that. Mm-hmm. They seem to want to believe everyone. There's a funnier well, way to put it. There's a funnier way to put it. And I, I always say they know not what they say. Yeah. And Meaning, no matter what. Because when, when you come from a therapeutic background, MFTs, psychologists get defensive when we use words like you can't trust them or yeah. every out, word out of their mouth is a lie. I just say they know not of what they say. I, here's, here's the, these, these, <laughs> they and, don't know their lies. And I, I'm very attuned to what goes on with drug addicts. And I, I think it's comical. I like to. I think it's funny how you know they don't how much they don't know what what they say. Two two of the things that we used to do we used to go. Uh, Sasha and I, our chargers used to go. We'd first walk through and we'd go, "Why are you here?" You know, it's our, just just see where they're at, what their motivation is, that sort of thing. And uh, inevitably, it's like, "Oh, I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired." Now you don't understand. Uh, it's so hard living like this. And I open the chart and I go. The judge sent you directly from court. Does that have anything to do with it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's that, but, but yeah, I'm but just sick and tired. No, I'm not. No, I'm just sick right. and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, okay. you're full of shit. Those are, then, no, but think about it, Drew. That is true. They are sick and tired <laughs> of being <laughs> of sick course, and tired. Of course, <laughs> so well, there's <laughs> kernels of truth. But the other thing is, many, many times, I, I, because I like talking on a psychodynamic level. I'm interested in people and their experiences and stuff, and I'll, I'll get into it a little bit with the patients. And I walked out. I'll never forget. I walked out, and you used to give me shit about this all the time. And Sasha would kick the back of my chair constantly. If I would do too much chatting with people that weren't ready yet, and uh, and I walked out and I go, Bob, this woman, she she realized that her, I had some insight to this, and Bob goes, Yeah, yeah, he, he wants to get high, <laughs> he wants drugs from you, yeah, yeah it's that's it. He so, just, do you think you need to be in recovery either from no, codependency or addiction to be inadequate? Uh, I don't know because there's so many people that nowadays that work with me that don't don't. You know, what I suggest is they go to Al-Anon or they get therapy themselves because a lot of people go into the helping field, particularly MFTs, to help and do good and save poor little children from bad things. You can't you'll get destroyed in this industry if that's your intent. Well, all I know, you know is what I, mean? I worked in this field, I wrote a book, I was on the show, and not until I had a husband relapse was I really Aware. I'm of so this glad disease. you mentioned that because mm-hmm. I was there during that. No, no, yes, I, can let my, you actually, I can let my guard down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you actually met him at a treatment center. Right. He was, you know, one of his revolving door okay. Although he is That's sober. Great. He is sober. Okay. Great, great. And the, you know, the jury's out how it's all going to land. We are working on things because. But. But the powerlessness uh, I knew nothing of, of it is you don't feel it until you really feel, you feel it. it yeah, the lies, you the you just don't how feel it somebody yet. would could lose everything. Mm-hmm. House, car, wife, everything. Home. And still use. And still keep going. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Still use. So that's what a lot of people that listen to the show are going through. They either have spouses that are doing that or children that they're scared are gonna die, you know, and and we're trying to help them understand what they can do, not what will help their addict in their life, but what they can do. And time and time again, they just don't like our 
answers. Well, so you maybe you can go, present you, it well, in do, a better okay. way. <laughs> what I would say, maybe. honestly, so you probably tell them go to a twelve step. Yeah, yeah. Well, Al, he's whatever. the Al-Anon. Al-Anon. We had okay. people Good here, therapist. and he tried to tell go to Al-Anon, and they were like, "No, we have a better way." Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm going to say yeah. is, they're your disease. You're asleep, and you're numb, and you need mm-hmm. to wake up. Mm-hmm. That's what they. That's need what to happened do. to you. Oh yeah, I was asleep. I mean, I was. He was on painkillers. I didn't know it. And I'm, oh, he crashed a car. Oh, well, gee, you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that really is this. It, it's, it's really the codependency all the way into love addiction. No, I was, yes. Yeah, all the way into love yes. addiction. That, I was definitely right. love addicted, codependent. Mm-hmm. Did so not want to see what was in front of me. How did you find truth with it? How did you find therapy or how did you I, do it? I got shingles. I started losing my hair. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, losing relationships. Well, so I was isolating. Bottom. You had to hit I was, bottom. I was sicker than the addict. So how did you get That's well? It. And how did you um, become so transparent? I did so go to Al-Anon. I did go to Al-Anon. Okay. And that helped. I found a great sponsor. And I took up, Let's walk and I took up canoeing. <laughs> Let's walk, up, walk people through that. Because so many parents I deal with are so resistant to Al-Anon. You know, I go... And you know, you know who I did probably... interview is Mike. Remember Michael, the little guy from New Jersey? Were you in that mm-hmm. season? He was a karate expert. Yeah, she was. She yeah, was yeah I thought you were that. The mom is now way in recovery. I know, but I want to. I want to walk our. A lot of our audience are mothers that just they've been down on. They don't understand it. They don't hold. Well, they don't like value. it. They don't like. I don't even think they get to the point where they're being confronted by their own codependency. They don't even. They don't even know, know what's going on. Well, you get it, excuses yeah. like, oh, it's just a bunch of rooms of people complaining. That's or, what we or, heard. Or, <laughs> or, 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 how can, or how can they um, let their son be mm-hmm. homeless? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you're co-signing their death by not allowing You're not son the to one be. in charge. I always say that. Right. They like, have they're their own choosing path. homelessness. Exactly. But, but exactly. The, the same process of change, the stages of change, the Al-Anon has to go through the same challenges as the addict. When we went to meetings, Bob drinking in the back of meetings. You know what I mean? <laughs> keep like, coming back, Bob. Like, keep coming back. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what, that, that's why it's a process. So yeah, you, you got to stick them in there anyway. You have to say keep going until. Well, I'll, until I'll give them the out changes. of going to therapy because therapy is another. If way you to have a if therapist you, if you have a that understands, yes, if you have the right that therapist under, that they're not going to be. Can I say asleep? Bullshit also, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there yes, you we could say anything. Well, here's the thing. Here, oh, I can say anything. I don't Bob, care about Bob you. Can. <laughs> Bob can say anything. But, but you know, so here's the thing. Gloria Scott reframed my drinking in the meetings. She said it was so sad to watch you do that. But you were going to where the solution was, mm-hmm. right? And I, because I felt, you know, like I really couldn't figure out why I did that. I would like get beer and go to an AA meeting. Both Shelly and I, who know you well, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Absolutely, completely fits with who we. But know I you was to be. going to where I thought the solution was. Yes, you wanted solution. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Instant gratification. Try to help me. Try yeah, to help yeah. me. Right. Dare you? It's gonna start tomorrow. <laughs> But uh, I think a lot of people going to Al-Anon, they don't really even understand or feel comfortable in it or oh, think it's uh, a it, solution. It, yeah, yeah. And what will happen is they'll go for a while and then they relapse. And they'll and get shingles. <laughs> exactly. They'll relapse and then they'll start doing the same old behavior. In other words, when, just, like we, you know, just like we say, there isn't change if there isn't change. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to change how your 
treating that addict. How you're tre- and you're right. It starts with you. It starts with self-care. And that's exactly where it started with me. I took up canoeing. Mm-hmm. That was re- I felt empowered. Mm-hmm. I got How'd my strength back. How did you find back. canoeing? Oh, it's, it's a great a... story. It was through mm-hmm. a client I was working with. And she's like, um, you know, I don't have any money. but And I never do that kind of thing where I bar. You know, mm-hmm. you just don't barter. That's just not okay. Turns out she knew about canoeing. And she took me on her boat canoeing. And that was how it happened. And you loved it? Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's crazy. You got to be open to passion. new things. Yeah, finding I some mean, passion. Did, I mean, it, it was just unbelievable how it happened. Mm-hmm. And, and where it changed do you go? my life. You, go, you go to Ventura. Ventura? You take, Ventura? Yeah, Ventura Harbor. It's like one, one person. Kayak. No, no, no. Six people in a boat. Wow. And it's, oh, not, nice. like, and it's not kayaking. Don't ever call it kayaking. It's canoeing. Oh, and yeah. it's one, you know, and it's, it's just, I think the idea of being in the water just empowered me. It mm-hmm. just, it woke it, I, I think the water woke me up. It was up. some element for you mm-hmm. that 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 was really my higher deeply, power. Yeah, really deeply. Well, I don't imagine you. you can be on your phone on a canoe. <laughs> no, 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 no. Might fall in. Yeah. Well, you're Just, gliding across the water too, right? Isn't that sort of the yeah? You're vibe? gliding, uh-huh, yeah. but you're also going up on the waves, yeah. and you but can, also, and you can turn over. Uh-huh. Water, water helps me so much gain perspective. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm I'm so grateful for that woman for introducing me, even though it was kind of a weird situation. And then you have codependency programs for others, right? Um, Well, I mean, I have some e-courses. If they go to my website at sherrygaba.com, I have a codependency e-course they can take. I have a love addiction e-course. I love providing, you know, information to the universe. I mean, not everybody's going to go to a meeting. Not everybody's going to go to a love addict meeting. So at least it might be an opening for them. They'll go to the meeting. I mean, they'll take the course, and that might say, hey, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe I can go to an Al-Anon meeting. Maybe I can go to a love addiction you, you meeting. You mentioned going to Al-Anon meetings. Do you go to any other 12-step meetings? No. Because mm-hmm. there is love addiction in L.A. In there California. is. Yeah, I haven't gone to those okay. meetings. Um, no. People slowly but surely. You know, Drew, when you used to kind of come at us, or what are you doing to take care of yourself? Oh, my God. Do that Wednesday we were, afternoon Yeah, because we were always in... We were in battle I know. together. It's so, like, do you know that I tried to do that at Aloe? There's laws against that. Against what? Against uh, kind of, you can't tell a staff member they have to go to 12-step meetings. No, I can't I can't require you to. Oh, okay. Well, how did you do it? Because I obviously I said, didn't do it right. <laughs> I said what I would say was. You're not true. I ended up one. getting sued. I would have buried. <laughs> no. Yeah, because I, I, I insisted that you have to be in therapy yourself or doing some. Yeah, I, I, well, you I, can self care. No, I insisted. You well, you can that's, suggest that's, that, that's the Bob Forrest thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Synthetic. Synthetic. Yeah. So, so, so how did I you would present? Have Bob, I would have a Barry tell his story about how he came to working in the field and how much work he had to do before yeah. he could even begin to be around addicts. Then I will say, because they deplete you, and I'll often tell you the stories of all the people who have relapsed or taken off with patients and it's staff been un- members, un- yeah. unbelievable stuff unbelievable. because they don't do take care of they themselves. don't take care of themselves mm-hmm. we all need to be I will say we all need to be mm-hmm. doing something and taking care of ourselves yes I had a therapist for, remember how long I was in therapy I was like I just <laughs> century did, and a half being a clinical supervisor and, and a program director um, the staff meetings I always bring in what about compassion fatigue? What do you know about vicarious trauma? What do you know about yeah, burnout? Yeah. What do and, you know about this? And at least this? advocate, you know, are you getting enough sleep? Mm-hmm. Are you taking enough time off work? Are you you know, exercising? And I see it in the staff all the time. And, and, and it's particularly evocative for recovering addicts around addicts. Absolutely. And I don't even know quite what that really is. 
because I don't experience it myself. I have the, uh, the, well, the, the stages, I have enough evocation such as it is. But I think the stages of recovery, when you are being confronted with yourself all the time and the disease, and you're you're just basically dealing with people who are mostly in the delusional system. It's very hard to have a sane mind when you're constantly being told <laughs> that the sky is purple and you don't know what you're talking about. And it's hard to maintain your own your own grounding. You also need peer support. Which, Lots of peer support. Which, absolutely. You know that that we had well, that was amongst ma- us. Yeah, it was the magic. Like, you're not we crazy. Had, you're okay. Team. You're no, not crazy. We all, we all, we all. You know, we had such understanding that we shared. You know, every member of the team had such a bond. You, but but it was there was like six or seven of us, and we all saw everything exactly the same way. So if somebody would come and start their sp- their splitting nonsense. Shelly's such a bitch. She's so mean to me. She told me to go to hell. She, she told me to jump off a bridge or something. I'm like, no, Shelly did not it say does, that. It does. Shelly told you to go to group and do, stop med seeking and get your ass in the chair. But you do realize there are some treatment centers where the client, I've had those experiences where the clients are right. Yes, absolutely. You're not right. Absolutely. And then, yeah, that's the, the, that's the catastrophe. And that I've experienced that. But that's but time and time again, mm-hmm. I would tell because I'm the one the clients would come to tell that to, and I'd say, "That's just Shelly. She loves you. She treats me the same way. Keep, watch. Just, that's just, just the way she is. She loves you. She's and she's right. But they that you know that." We well, would stand by each other. And transfer and countertransference. I mean, you know, of See, course they don't you, like what I'm saying. When you have a private practice, you don't have that support, really. Oh, oh I, know. I know. That's why you I don't. Really I don't, don't see patients in, really my, don't. in my practice. I just I have to have a team. I can't do it otherwise. Right. We have to take a little break. Be right back. Well, this week's this life is brought to you courtesy of a new friend, Lucinia Health, and they are addressing the rising cost of prescription drugs. Is something that gets to me not only as a physician but also as worried about my patients, my family, myself, even with decent insurance, price medications become a concern. Now, here's a way you can get help. Go to your cell phone right now and text this number, 22822. Then type in this message. You're in the message space where you normally type in your text message. Just type in the word Drew, my name, Deary W, and send it, 22822, send to it right now. You'll be happy you did. You'll immediately get an introduction from RefillWise with a prescription saving card that comes right on your phone almost immediately. It happens. I've got one. I did it, and it happened with a blink. Right now, it's free. There's no sign-up process or wait time. You just type that number in, 22822, and type the code DREW in, send it, and you'll immediately receive that RefillWise prescription saving card. And you just show it to your pharmacist when you go to get your medication refill, and you can see how much you save. Whether you have insurance or not, you show it to them, and they'll give you the insurance, if that's what uh, is the least cost, or the savings from the Lucinia card. Refill-wise, it works with major pharmaceutical companies to establish discounts on the cash price of over 6,000 commonly prescribed medication. More than 1 million people are using the card. The average saving is 40%, some up to 80%. So if you have medication that's covered by insurance, check with Refill-wise pricing at your pharmacy. Even if you have insurance, the refill wise discount might actually be better so always pay to check it out i'm also very excited to say that for every new user that's right when you go text my name through that 22822 refill wise will immediately donate one dollar to the prostate cancer foundation this is a charity i'm involved with check them out at pcf.org 
They fund creative research for cancer, particularly prostate cancer, but all kinds of cancers get benefit from the unbelievably creative research they're funding. To learn more about RefillWise and to see if your medication could be covered, visit RefillWise, W-I-S-E, RefillWise.com. But to start saving right now, just text Drew, D-R-W, to the number 22822. Message and data rates may apply. Now, a couple of months ago, I was in my medical office, and I noticed some samples of a rehydration solution called Hydrolyte. Just so happens, I was about to undergo a colonoscopy, a routine medical procedure, and I was going to get dehydrated if I didn't be careful. And I thought, well, this stuff will be perfect. It's exactly what I need. I was absolutely impressed. The results were precisely what I was looking for. And not only did that rehydration solution get me through the procedure without becoming dehydrated, they have another product, these fizzy tablets that give you the same rehydration solution just in a little portable tablet. You just obviously add it to water. And that was something I always wanted to invent. I did not understand why we did not have an oral solution that you could hold in your pocket in the form of a tablet that would help us, say you had some vomiting or some other GI distress. It seemed perfectly sensible to me that you could put a little fizzy tablet in and have the rehydrating solution right there in your hand. And they created this. That's why I'm excited about Hydrolyte, and we're welcoming them to the family. It's rapid, effective recovery from dehydration. It requires the proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water. So if you're sick, you've been vomiting or maybe heavy perspiration, even from exercise, water does not cut it. You need what's called fluid. Sports drinks are far less effective and are not balanced for the rehydration for maintaining your body volume. Simply, Hydrolyte's formulation is based on established science. It is the best rehydration product I've seen or tried. They dominate in other countries, and they're no doubt going to dominate here. You won't need IVs if you're tolerating orals. You can use Hydrolyte. comes in flavors, orange berry lemonade, available, as I said, in that pre-mixed drink or a powder or the effervescence tablets that I was mentioning before. Simply drop it into a glass or a bottle of water, and boom. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. That's what you need. You need volume quickly. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. You can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or online at Amazon. And for more information, visit Hydrolyte.com. That is H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E, Hydrolyte.com. We have the Hydrolyte pills. I want to take one right oh, now. Oh, I, I will get one for you. I know where they are. Oh, 100%. Okay. What flavor would you like? They have raspberry and orange. They're amazing. They're in the closet down in the pantry by the, by the Tylenol. Strange, we're strange in, hey, that gives us a point that we, we tend to not say. What? We're in your house. That's what's so great about oh, the, we do the, this, yeah, this yeah. life. You yeah. do your podcasting out of your house. Yeah. And none of us had been here before because there was like 10 year olds and 12 year olds and 14 year olds three at a time running rampant around in this this very room right oh this is their end this This is is the kids room well that's why it's it's the playroom that's why it's called playroom podcast (laughs) (laughs) what went on in this room over the decade well a lot of they are yeah there they are up there a lot of video games bob a lot of video Video? minecraft a lot of minecraft on this Uh, tv no, Was Minecraft a lot of, around well, then? Call of Duty. Call of, a lot Duty. of Call of Duty. A lot of uh, what's the the space one? Help me! Come on! Oh, uh, come on! Wait, which one? It's got one, it's got one name. Uh, I had a, a girl, so well, I shouldn't. That's kind of sexist, but my but she the, didn't play those games. Are they? You, but you must 
deal with parents that call you with thirteen year old that's addicted oh, to video sure. games, right? Oh, you think there is such a thing? What? Oh, yeah. They all, oh, they're well, addictive, yeah. They're addictive. Period. No, listen. Oh, yeah. They're not meant to be not addictive. Yes, they're sticky. They're designed. One hundred percent. Well, the kids that really can't stop and don't go to the bathroom and don't come out for days at a time and stuff. If parents are allowing it, uh, Elvis that. is that way. You know what I do? I pull the cord out of the Wi-Fi. It's over. But we're it, done now. He's young. We're going it, it, outside. When a sixteen-year-old <laughs> is doing that, there's usually a, a real underlying psychiatric problem. Do you always, really, you think do, that? Yes, almost always. When it really, they they have they may need some separate treatment for the video game addiction. I understand that, but every case I've ever seen, there's also a severe depression or a schizoaffective something. You're talking but about don't if you if think they're addicted. Addicted. But to don't what about Asperger's? Sometimes it's that spectrum stuff yeah, in there I too. Think so what too. about? But most parents, you talk to any parents, and I know all the Elvis's friends, and and you know I can. I can assess pretty much. Everybody's reporting that my kid's addicted to video games as soon as they get introduced to, to them. Impulsive, yeah. There's, there's I think it's the parents. There's two things going on that I've experienced this week that I wanted to talk to you about. The parents are just scared of the repercussions of disconnecting the Wi-Fi. But you like right? that. I love it. You love it. <laughs> and then the second thing, Drew, I got something for... Oh, here's here So again, is. you're talking about enabling again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, uh, fear of your children. So right. here's the new thing about immunization, Drew, that I think we've never thought about. Uh-oh. The anti-immunization yeah, thing. Yeah, tell me. Because Sid got her four shots yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Screaming, crying. Screaming, crying, crying, screaming. Yeah. Parents, Drew, I believe part of the anti-immunization thing is their intolerance of their six-month-old screaming and crying. Do you believe that? that, Well, I certainly know they cannot tolerate their child having any discomfort. I was like, you're going to be all right. Get her in the car. Come on. She's going to pass out from the dope in a minute. (laughs) And, you know, what do they say? Little problems with little kids and then bigger problems with big kids. And then suddenly they want you to buy them a house, which is what I'm dealing with. Oh, my. Oh, you're okay. Want to help them? Help them, but help them above and beyond what I believe is sensible and reasonable. Oh. Entitlement. Yeah. Your... Without going into too many of the details. No, no but I've gone I'm through watching, that too. I'm watching, I'm watching myself go, feeling that guilty. They're uncomfortable. I don't mm-hmm. want them to be uncomfortable, but I need to be the sound of reason here. I need to make the right decision. Yeah. I need to you know, protect these assets. And it's, it's... Didn't our parents help us, though? There's a weird thing. Like, yeah. Multi-generationally, parents help their kids get started in life, get them their first home. My dad did it with all three of my sisters. Within reason. Within right? reason. Yeah. Somehow, well, what do you, describe more, because I think a lot of parents are going I'm through that. I'm just laughing that we're going from vaccine to buying houses. That's no, but it's pretty, all the same thing. It's, it's all chicken shit parenting is what I call it. So we're all, we all need to come to some fundamental agreement about this. Well, what we're dealing with is a generation of, of some... I have an amazing daughter. She's amazing. She's successful. She makes a lot of money. She's, but she can't quite get into that house. The house she wants. She wants. That's what I mean. Mm. She wants. In mm. other words, they don't know how to do the starter and then thank move you. Up, exactly. And then I, move up from there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they That's want. They Drew, want, I defer to you about it. this. Yeah. Thank you, Drew. No I, no, I think you're all thinking about it the right way, but it, it's a hard navigation. It's hard. Yeah. But it's every. Hard. But don't tell parents because there's that tough love movement out there. You don't help your kids get a no, get I'm their not, starter. No, home, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm you, saying reasonable. You What's, know what I'm saying? There's there's the. There's the far right, let's call it, that your kids have cut off their dead to you, that tough love crap, right? <laughs> That's pretty far right. <laughs> no. Dead to you. Trust no, me, I deal with them. I deal with them. They're so angry at their children. Right. 
I'm, they don't say dead right. to me, but, but they're angry. And then period. there's the the buy them anything, do anything, best friend. And what needs to start happening is the people in the middle that are using logical parenting tools from their parents. Yeah. Need to speak up. This is because where, the only ones that talk are the crazy, tough love people and the and the braggart. Oh, you know, my kid's the greatest thing ever. And I'm you, you kid. speak up, funny. I speak up. Yeah. Plenty. Nobody bought me a house, but they did uh, let me rent from them mm-hmm. at a pretty good rate. The savings, yeah. you know, we help with savings. We yeah. put together, you know, not a lease to buy or no, nothing no. like that. You did nothing. it all yourself. Yeah, but yeah. they own the property and you rent it. At I did that for a really while. cheap, I, and it was a nice property. You know, you want to build equity. You want to build. Credit. But I'd have a roommate, and I had to, you know, figure it out. And but when you bought your first house, you bought your first house. Oh, period. And they were furious that I didn't involve them. And in could the they have helped? <laughs> it was so weird. But true, I mean, not that it's any of my business, but could they have helped you? Oh, of course, oh, of course. So what was? What did they say was the reason? Or you would never thought to ask? I didn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't. You just I wouldn't, wouldn't allow ask. It. No. You would never. Oh, ask? you wouldn't allow yeah. it. Yeah. In other words, in your brain, it was like that wasn't okay to ask. I wanted or- to tunnel away from everything <laughs> as fast as I could. Stop. Although, although the allure and I, and when I, when I did rent from them, the pre- place was nice, and I, that I fell for that. I shouldn't have done that even. Even that, that was my well, she didn't want them to own you. I didn't want them to have any part of control over me. Yeah. Now, my dad built me a house from the ground up, so. I have a custom home. However, I did wait until I was about 45 to move into a home. Okay, so yeah. so I mean, I couldn't have afforded the home I'm in, but my dad also, we have a construction family. We got a really good deal. I worked really hard on building that house along with everybody See, I believe else. families should share those and, things. And, and Why we not? built it together, I mean, if a kid and doesn't we all want worked it, like really, me, really one thing. hard. But I think it should be. I would like to hear a story. Like I mean, like it, was, it yeah. was the hardest thing we ever did as a family, mm-hmm. but it was so special, and it's still so special. You know, that we were able to do that. Now, I pay the money back, but it was so special to be able to build something with my father and my cousins and me to go to the city and learn how to navigate building a house. I mean, it was nothing I would have chose to do, but I looked for houses for 11 years and I couldn't afford them. Right. Right. And he wasn't going to buy a dilapidated house. He wasn't going to spend too much money per square foot. And he wasn't going to buy me a dollhouse, you know, <laughs> for $500,000. So a solution. So it was a solution, but it took me to, I was 45 years old to get to own, you know, to live in a house. I lived in apartments before then, you know. Los Angeles is a fucking mess. So I really you appreciate You got to move to the ghetto of the valley to get your starter home. That's what I did. Yeah. Like moving, you know, I live. With Chris Bohm. <laughs> I, I live in Cypress Park which is not a great area yet. So the but question that we're talking about is where do we get away from black and white and something in the middle? Like right. I'm thinking of DBT, it, it, like logical, mm-hmm. emotional, wise mind, you know, DBT. Yes. Yeah. Way too much black and white thinking right now. Way too much. Right? In all things. Same with the right and the left. Yep. And, yep. But I guarantee you yep. if I was not doing my part and I wasn't working as hard as I've worked and I wasn't working six days a week, he would not have been inspired right. to work that hard too. And truthfully, I was there. You were working at Los Encinas when it began. Yeah. At a couple of points, you were like, fuck this. I know. It was so hard. It was so hard. You know it what I mean? It was so hard, but it, it took was so years worth it. to do. Drew, it's in the I, city I of Los it. Angeles Look. to get the zoning clearance. Remember the electrical pole? Yes, yes. I like, mean, it was crazy. It was a crazy idea. <laughs> 
It was a crazy idea. I remember you going through that. It was a nightmare. It took so long. But I am the happiest homeowner, the most grateful homeowner, the most gracious daughter. And it probably happened at the exact time that it should have happened in your life, right, Shelly? Yes, because I was was mature enough to handle all of the stuff like the insurance and the property taxes and the, you know, the maintenance and the work. The work. It's work to own a home. Work. No, it's supposedly you just put some money up and then you become a millionaire. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Right. That's how a lot of people are looking at homes. I don't want to be a millionaire. Home. You pay well, too many taxes. Well, so not, did you not have now? <laughs> not now, baby. Okay. Well. So did you have this with a son with a home? Huh? Yeah, I was. I was. I'm gonna help him whenever he does kind of find a spot that he wants to do. But he was being logical. He went to Detroit, like where you can buy a That's house. That's logical. For, yeah, for like you can buy a beautiful home so for like forty thousand dollars. Well, what do you mean? Well, that's better for <laughs> you. Went, then he went to Baltimore. And oh, that's a great move from Detroit to Baltimore. That's where you. That's where you can afford to buy a home in America if you're a hardworking construction type. You don't have to go that man. far, Bobby. Yeah, you cannot live in Southern California. <laughs> you cannot live in Southern you, California. You, are, you had an email that just came in. You wanted me to read. Maybe yeah, it's, it's not in here. It's not in You've this got batch. it. Yeah, no, she it gave not. it to you. Nope, it's not in here. Okay, right, let's, let's take a break, and we'll, and we'll get back, back to some letters. You know, I'm always happy to talk to you about our friends at Bergamot. They're the makers of a variety of supplements that use the extract from the Bergamot citrus fruit, those polyphenols. That fruit is in Italy. These supplements act as a natural statin that may improve a number of cardiovascular conditions as well as symptoms of the metabolic syndrome, which includes high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar. As you know, I've been excited about the natural treatment since I first heard about it. I'm getting behind it. The science behind it is sound, and physicians throughout the world and cardiologists are actually using it. Now, the makers that brought you the formulation Bergamet NA, Bergamet Pro Plus, now bringing you Bergamet Sport. It provides all the same cardiovascular benefits, but has additional additives designed to aid athletes and those with a very, very active lifestyle. Bergamet Sport may help improve stamina and reduce recovery time and reduce muscle inflammation. Now, I've been taking Bergamet myself, and I suggest you talk to your physician to see if Bergamet Sport is right for you. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 10% on their order by entering the code Dr. Drew, D-R-D-R-E-W, at checkout. Again, that is D-R-D-R-E-W, all one word, at checkout, and you save 10% on your order of Bergamot. To order the Bergamot Sport for yourself, visit Bergamot.com, Bergamot, N-A, Bergamot, B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T.com, or click on the Bergamot banner on drdrew.com. Okay, Drew, we're yeah, back, and we're, we're going to start taking some emails. Yeah, I'll do some letters, then I'm going to explain my hydrolyte stuff to you in a second. Uh, here is from uh, Michaela. Uh, do you help people who suffer from severe depression, anxiety disorder, PTSD because of childhood sexual abuse? Always. Yeah, always. <laughs> Every client we have. That's pretty much, right? No, it's uh, more like... 70%. Fair okay. enough. Uh, that meet all those criteria. Yes. Uh, I don't mean to bother anyone, but my husband left me after 31 years together Oof, oh because of all my issues. Depression, anxiety disorder has destroyed our marriage. So you have to wonder if there was anything above and beyond depression, anxiety. It's uh, her depression. Her anxiety. She was sexually abused, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the sexual abuse piece, you know, you, you hear that and you think, well, there could have been sexual problems. There could have been personality issues. Of course. And tra- so she's you know, asking trauma. why he left or... Well, she wants help. 
and she and the fact that she's not had help to me is stunning. That's, that's, a, that's quite some time to be in a marriage and not have help right. with those symptoms. It, it but suggests, it's also refreshing to want help after 31 years well, of Well, I can't believe she yeah. hasn't had help if she's been anxious because and depressed people, and had a, a trauma history. You know, what's awful is that the, the trauma help out there isn't always the help they need. Yes. They end up getting talk therapy, and you and I both know it's more somatic. They need things like EM, uh, EMDR MDR. or somatic experiencing or even tapping. I do some tapping. Because mm-hmm. trauma is so embedded, so deep in the body. They think because they've talked about it they've gotten help but they actually have not discharged that energy from that trauma and that's probably really what she's needing is that kind of support 100% she can't be in her body right Mm -hmm. and 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 see we've got to be better as clinicians of presenting those ideas as not sounding kooky too pathological yeah yeah Mm -hmm. the public because i always say you know the simpler way to say it is you need to learn how to center your body Mm. through meditation is probably the easiest way and and then hopefully leads to some sort of therapist that really understands uh, that body component that's a great way or just talk about the fight flight response that when you have some kind of trauma in your life you can't you weren't able to fight you weren't able to flee so you froze so all the energy stayed in your body and so when you're acting out later on in life whatever that is depression anxiety pot drinking that's that's energy coming out inappropriately what is the therapy we did with the with simone what's it called remember we did it on the podcast yeah. Neurolinguistic Oh, NLP. NLP. Yeah. I, I just heard that part. Yeah, yeah. NLP. NLP. I She's like trying that. to make me yeah, do it, is. but I can't do it. See, I'm so guarded. <laughs> I'm so guarded. I Let can't do it. Let yourself go, I can't do the EMDR. I can't do the... What do you mean you're guarded? I'm so, I just can't let She's go. She's cynical like, about I, it, I'm for so one thing. I'm so cynical about everything. I oh, just, you don't believe I in just, it. I do believe that it works. I just can't do it. I get really frustrated. You think it won't work for you. I just get really frustrated. I just want to leave. Why don't you just start simply by reading a book about it? So okay. you can have an understanding, because maybe you just don't want to dive into it. Yeah, I'm. Drew I'm, is a little cynical. I was going to say, I float the, the way. It, yeah, I don't. Like I just want to try. I'm anything. not suggesting floating, but oh, okay. I'm just saying maybe just get educated on how it works. Well, I know how it works. I'm really educated. I like the the. I like the 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 dynamics of it. It sounds great. I love EMDR. I I send people the EMDR. Just That's myself? an American phenomenon. Myself? What Shelley's describing is what most people most people in America believe about it, Drew. Well, How do we educate that they want to believe in it? They kind of understand yeah. it. They know it works for other people, but that's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know you why? Know what because I, mean? I think, and I'm not saying this is your case, but people oh, would rather is. they'd rather get in the narrative. They just <laughs> yes, like the way absolutely. our world is. Right? They want to get into the story. All they don't, the story. They don't want to, you know. For me to allow, say to you now, you just need to sit here, feel the couch, feel your back on the couch. It's like. Forget that. Yeah. And no. then my eyes roll that's, out of my head. That's stimulating enough. No, especially addict alcoholic. If we're going back to that subject, they have the least ability to be present and to be in the moment. So this oh, woman's so reaching slow. out to and us. And it's so slow. That's just, I want it now. So, I want so it now. She's reaching to, out. She needs to go get treatment. I mean, an assessment yeah. and treatment. Assessment line. for sure. Yeah. And then DBT, CBT, EMDR. Yeah. And somatic, or somatic experiencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just a pill. A pill's not going to fix it. Right. Not by itself. And not just talk therapy. Okay. No, I spent years, 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 and it did work in a lot, a lot of ways. But the brain injury and the fight or flight... The PTSD, it does not ever completely it go away. Well, it, it, that's true that it doesn't. Even yeah. even with good treatment, really? you're still prone to so it. So I'm stuff. as far as I've gone. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm you're as good you're as I'm prone get. to it. Hey, uh, you said you wanted the hydrolyte. Uh... I do want some. All right. 
Okay, so Drew, you said you want. Can some I hydro. take that home? <laughs> yes, this is this is. I, I'm got the messing with the hydrolyte now. These are these are the fizzy tablets. There's like a dozen of them. Oh, here. it's like airborne. No, but you put them in. Yeah, you put them in water. They fizz. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't know if that fizzes or not. This That's is, just the powder. Powder. This is powder. Right. This is a different flavor. It's berry. The berry is good. Oh, it's very much like airborne or something. And and then they have pre-mixed bottles of stuff, you know, too. So and it'll just What's keep it me for? from. Well, the you want to know why? Prevent why? dehydration. Mm. Nicotine gum dehydrates you. Oh. That's why I'm interested. Oh. I'm trying to cover up what, my one, addiction. One glass. No. <laughs> one glass of that. still chewing that gum. One of right. these will He's bring you to right back. quit smoking? Yeah. No. No. I He's just been, been on, on the gum for 12 for years. years. <laughs> you know that. You know that. <laughs> I'm just an addict. Bob, Bob, when did you start smoking? <laughs> what age? Funny. I didn't start till I was 30. Oh, cigarettes? Yeah. I told you the story. I was against cigarettes because both my parents smoked. They smoked at the dinner table. I used to have to wash the window behind my mom's chair, the soot off of it. And so I said, I never smoke. And then I'm dope sick one day on the tour bus. And and Pete said to me, you know, Bobby, if you have a cigarette, you might feel better. And I was like, get me a cigarette. And you were on. I did feel better. That's the fucking crazy thing about it. I know. And now you're on the gum for 12 years. Here's a a, uh, cigarette question from uh, Jim. Uh, Are addicts who smoke cigarettes more likely to relapse addicts who no, don't smoke cigarettes. I don't think so, but you think so. Yes. You think they are? I do. I've never seen data that says that. No. But what's the new data you were telling me about the other day that they should stop while in treatment? Yes. There's new they, evidence. They, they, no, not new evidence. Just that, that it doesn't, and we used to think it maybe adversely affected or that it wasn't important to deal at the time, but now it's clear that, you know, these are, this is a dangerous chemical Well, product. I smoked yeah. for many years into yeah. sobriety, and when I finally quit smoking, Marlboro Reds, I my head the chatter and the negative aspects of my head turned down at least five points. Oh, really? When you smoked? No, when I stopped well, smoking. She, when she, you stopped? Now, yeah. mind you, she was at a hundred and thirty. We turned down five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly, we're talking. So about. I, have a, <laughs> I have a question. How about chatter. sugar, Drew? Should we stop sugar too? Some people advocate. I I don't. I you know. I What's left? What's left? Meditation. Meditation, EMDR. spirituality. EMDR. So, EMDR. Shelley, speaking, of what's up? So, yes. so you, you're a love addict, self, self-described. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Where do you Maybe think I'm that a codependent Where do you think that came love addict. Slash, uh, um, oh gosh. You want to fix your partners? Um, I just have, yeah, I want to fix my partners, and then there is some sort of emptiness when I'm not in relationship. Basically, it's the mm-hmm. uh, it's the disease of lack of of needing of needing connection. Mm-hmm. I was preemie. I was in an incubator for three months. Yeah, Nobody yeah. touched me for three months. Mm-hmm. I oh, we too. are friends. Oh my god, <laughs> Susan, we're going to talk about that. I'd love to know. What She's not really aware of how that's operating with her, but one of her therapists picked that up once. Okay, well, basically, wife, think about being in an, an incubator. You're being mm-hmm. fed through your feet. No mm-hmm. attachment. You know what we know about bonding. Yeah. And all my life, I would feel like even if they weren't in the room, it would, it would feel like. I'm empty or mm-hmm. I'm abandoned. Mm-hmm. I, God, this is so transparent. Uh, but and no, it makes me good. a little and it makes me a little emotional because it was once I put a word on it. Oh, mm-hmm. this is PTSD. This mm-hmm. is trauma. Mm-hmm. That's why I've made all these mistakes. Mm-hmm. Why I've been married multiple times. Mm-hmm. Why I can't keep a relationship going. I mean, that's the, the love addiction. Though I think for you operates more at level of denial. Because you don't want to have to you, you idealize, which is part of codependency and love addiction. Right, you idealize, and you won't won't see through the idealization because that threatens the threat- staying. My, my how I'll tell you, how, let me just put in these words. Okay. My inability to deal with the truth is more painful than being alone. I mean, being alone mm-hmm. is more painful than right. dealing with the truth. Correct. Mm-hmm. Is that, that kind of what you're that's exactly saying what in a saying. backwards? But to help clinical people, how I've always saw it is codependency is. 
the primary urge is to fix others. Well, fix I, other no, people you, so I don't feel the way I'm feeling. Wait, no, no. It's that's a, a, little that's more, a piece of them. it. It's a little more complicated than that because you actually taught me something. You said you, we were in a group one day and you went, you know, some people, they feel – they look inward before they ever get out, before they look out into the world. They're feeling what's going on in themselves. And I thought to myself, oh, I really? do exactly the opposite. I do exactly the opposite. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I experience out. you, and that lets me experience myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a mm-hmm. fundamental difference. Uh, there's sort of two kinds of people in the world, people mm-hmm. that go in and then out, people that go out and then in. But let, and what Coe's, about love addiction? So Coe's, explain love addiction. Coe's all go out and then in. Yes. So the very self is experienced through others. And if you don't have good boundaries and you haven't had therapy – Pain in the other activates That's what pain. I'm saying is codependency. Activates your pain. So you think it's the other person's pain, but it's really it's my pain. What's well, agitation, and, irritability, anxiety? No, you're, they're, thinking, they're, no, you're thinking like a drug addict again. No, what you're saying it's, is it's, 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 it's the well, emptiness. Well, that's what I am. It's the, it's the emptiness <laughs> and, and, and pain that she's talking about. That that is activated if I see you uncomfortable. It's you're you're a projection of his pain. I just uh, I see. Well, let me explain it a different way. I see codependency as somehow empowering, and love addiction as somehow much much deeperly more powerless because you're trying to get love from some other person with love addiction. Yeah. I think right? you Whereas, have a way of experiencing love that is is intense and you need some way of people experiencing love that maybe not the other person isn't able to give you. They're not going to be able to give it to you. Struggle. Well, and then you and you naturally pick unavailable. Like I picked naturally Aren't unavailable. Most people and unavailable though. No. no. Then you're in denial. No, there's a whole world out there that's normal, Bob. What's that? That could oh that's unavailable. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't want to get in a marriage. I'm the, hey, here. I'm the love addict of this relationship. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you have feelings of separation, anxiety, abandonment, those kind of things? She, she has well, abandonment, yeah. but no, no emptiness. So the abandonment. I have emptiness and no abandonment. God, so you're two codependents perfect. Yeah, perfect, perfect for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I'm just glad you found each other. I'm just glad you found each other. Thirty years, or I mean, you're years? obviously twenty-five years. 30, 25 married, well, we've been together yeah. thirty. So. What does yeah. the abandonment look like, Susan? I mean, I I don't need to have them around all the time. No, no. When you have abandonment, oh, when I, oh, I definitely have had that over the years, especially with death and loss. When I was younger, I'm a lot better now because right. I'm more spiritual and I understand. That it's you know it happens. I'm actually a lot better because I used to have. Horrible I think came from the uh, incubator the time. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll because have, but yeah. I was very connected with my father, and he lived to 92, and then mm-hmm. I had therapy and stuff like that. And I read about it in college about the separation anxiety theory or whatever it was. It, well, the, the psycho- of- psychology of does it still it. pop up? I I don't know if I have a narcissistic personality disorder from it. I'm kind of not. I'm I'm narcissistic, but it, I didn't end up with a disorder or anything. Oh. I had good upbringing. We'll talk later. Childhood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I don't know. Drew knows. No, more. you don't. Have <laughs> yeah, well, there's traits, that. and then traits, there's a full blown disorder. Right. But yeah, I mean, Most I, I have a lot of Well, again, I'm I'm not sure I can make it that simple. I I think love addiction is sort of a... So describe Dr. Drew's difference between codependency and love addiction. I'm not an expert in... You are an expert. If you're not, then we're all fucking lost. I mean, you could say codependency is being addicted to people, places, and things. Love addiction is, is basically you feel 
empty without other. It's really a connection issue. Uh, I, but isn't that an unsatisfied? Yeah. You will never be satisfied being a love addict. Well, never. What happens? It's very satisfying well, you to get be tre- codependent. You work. You get treatment, and then you. Like, I was alone for four years, and it was the best thing I ever did. I didn't have anything for four years. Love addicts live in a, in a cloud. They live in a little bit of a fantasy land. Fantasy. Right. And codependents don't necessarily. That's a good... Uh, and, and in a way, love addiction is sort of a continuum or contri- a tributary of codependency. But I've... There's I've, a lot of... Why denial. I'm interested in it, because I think a lot nowadays, because love addiction has become such a popular kind of in thing in yeah. AA for sure, people are identifying as love addicts, and I don't see that they are. I see them as extremely codependent and and justifying that they're getting help by getting a love addiction, which is very abstract, and I don't it, think they understand what it is. Always send them to Pia Melody's cycle of uh, love but addiction. But she's one of the sickest people in the world. Pia Melody? <gasps> you met is her? That, is you that the woman who wrote Beyond Codependency? Yeah, yeah. that's Melody, baby. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, no. Okay, that, okay no, I got she, my... She's got this cycle of uh, love addiction, love avoidance. Yeah. And, and that's sort of what love addicts get stuck into. And it's just sort of a weird cycle. I where have they, that. Yeah, where they that. can't really tolerate closeness no. in, a, in a healthy way. No. You it's, have e- that? It's either too oh, intense I have that. So you're a love avoidant. Is yeah. that what he just said? If, if yeah. the person is a love addict, I'm a love avoidant. Right. If they're love avoidant, I'm a love addict. Oh, and that's a classic, classic, classic yeah. cycle. Yeah, yeah. But uh, now I'm not into doing any of that. I'm right. into autonomy. You're just straight codependent my, now. No, no, no. It, I'm it, into autonomy. I'm into focusing on myself. I'm into focusing on my own career, my own it, life. It all comes. From, I have a boyfriend. We see each other. We're not. We're not enmeshed. Clingy, yeah. it, we're it not enmeshed. We just see me- each other a couple of times So you've done work. You've done work so that you. Yes, I've read all those books, and I learned to. Fill my own emptiness. That's what I did for yeah. four years. So even though he relapsed, it was the greatest thing that ever happened because I really got to be with Sherry so, but, for the first time. But your your dad, your relationship with your dad, you said it was interesting. But people fill Hang you. On. Wait, I yeah. want to stop right here. People fill you. My children matter to me. They fill me. That that idea that you're just going to fill yourself as a separate entity in the universe is bullshit. I don't think there so. Are, people well, fill but, but, you. But I, I, I know what you're talking you, about. But what she was saying is that she couldn't be alone. Yeah, and, that's, and, and so in order for her to that's be alone, a problem. I understand. But so to she say saw, that we don't need anything or anyone, no, 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 no I wasn't no, saying no, that. No, 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 I was but saying that's I what needed a lot to learn. Are saying. I needed Shelly to, said that. I, said, I needed to <laughs> learn. It's sort of like I needed to learn that I wasn't going to disintegrate yeah. with myself yeah. because that's how you feel. Well, I had to she build a self, right? I just don't sure. like when the therapeutic community, whether it's Melody Beattie or this person or that person, writes a book and they show this high ideal that no one lives in. Mm. Instead of, hey, we're all trying to do the best we can. That's why I love AA. We're, it's based on, well, we're all trying to do the best we can. But that's why no I like, one is perfect. Uh, listen, that's why I like this conversation because right. we're all being transparent about the fact that we're, hey, we're all just struggling. I'm codependent too. and I like it yeah, that way, but, baby. But sure, your dad, relationship with your dad was. <laughs> My that? dad was actually. I mean, he was kind of strong and controlling, but I worshipped him. I was more bonded to him. My mother was but, really but the I, one that I was unavailable. suspect, though, there was some denial in your perception of him. That that's for some of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I that, looked that up to him like he was oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, I idealized my dad, too. Sure, 100%. Yeah. And that's why I, I still, <laughs> honestly, I'm being so transparent, is that I still sometimes have trouble with authority figures. Yeah. I kind of put them Oh, on you're a, kidding. I, 
Bob doesn't. Bob, Bob does not. I love authority. Bob does not at all. No, like he doesn't. All he has I, is authority. I problems. look for authority to challenge. You mean you want to be an authority? Officer. No, no. I just want to challenge authority. Oh, you want to challenge? Okay, it's very challenging. But I always thought addicts basically have trouble with authority yeah. figures. Yeah, yeah. But he's, d- he's no, no. He does. He's being facetious. Oh, oh, oh. He oh, has oh, exclusively is, trouble. With okay. <laughs> Mine is everything and everything. Somehow I avoided that strangely. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get hit with that. With Somehow you. I yeah, have we have a closeness. That's I don't know weird. how it is. How did I avoid that? Because I hate being a well. I don't mind being authority. I don't want to tell anybody. No, what you to get do. very authoritative yeah, about, yeah. with me about the doctors, the pain management thing. Yeah, and I felt myself being a little defensive, but yeah. I did read everything he said, and I Good. calmed down. And I called you back yeah, last yeah. night, Good. and we had a great conversation about it. <laughs> he wants to demonize the pain management uh, world. Uh, I want to demonize big pharma. Well, Somebody's th- killing our children. Mm-hmm. Who uh, is it? Mm-hmm. I, listen, I, I'm giving you all well, things. I'm, saying, I'm telling you there's one com- company to go after for the yeah, spots. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you the attorneys had a big role here. <laughs> well, I'm telling you the, the certain personality styles had a big role here. And well, the, 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 the the I want to share with Patrick, Patrick Kennedy mentioned veiled. a book. I just we, He was just interviewed for the magazine, and he mentioned some book called Dreamland, and it tells oh, something yes. like that. It's a movie, too. It's a documentary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying the so but I'll, it talks about the cycle of how it started with Big Pharma. and you know, I know He says it started with pain management. Yeah. But but here's the thing. So I'm going after him. You're going to see in 2017, 2018 probably, right? Mm-hmm. Go after the certain, right one. I'm, I know. And by the he's, he's, he's a helping consultant. Yeah. It's a TV show. I was right? thinking about you this morning because you, you were there going, well, Lily and Merck, they're good. But the little guys, that little guys, that's biotech. That's the guys that's solving all the it's problems It's Purdue Labs. Now. Let's just face it. But I don't want to tip too much of my hand of my television Yeah, somebody series. will steal it. But I'm going after them. We're having this story meeting about two months ago and I said because I know what we're about to do and I didn't think my executive producers and the the showrunner knew John your friend Mm -hmm. and I go if I end up dead Mm-hmm. Know that I didn't kill myself. Oh, please. Oh, know that. Stop it. You're paranoid now. You're not only, a, no, you're you not only think, antisocial. You don't think if you're, if you're challenging people who are making $30 billion a year no. in profit, you no. could end up dead. Oh, I think you could. No? I don't know. Not you, Bob. <laughs> no. no. Shelly stitched me up when I got stabbed one time. How are you doing this? Are you going to like a legal? Network, yeah. Not a, not a network that has big pharma ass on it. Yeah, it no, but just just make sure you get it right. The really well, you're the helping story, a lot. Right? Get the, the story the, right because it was pain it was management component was there. Yeah, pain and as the fifth vital sign. That's was ridiculous. The biggest that, catastrophe of all. Well, time. how could they even think that? You, it was 15. Years you can't like that. measure you understand? it. I gave a talk at Alan Shore's 20th anniversary of the release of his book. Oh, Affect attachment Re- guy. Affect regulation: The yeah. Origin of the Self. It was the 20th anniversary of this it's big a dense book. Read. Dense read. Dense read. About 1,200 Ooh, pages of geez. neurobiology. Yeah, and. Um, and I put the scale up there and I said, we're being recorded. That was like five years ago. Pain, fifth vital sign. Enjoy it's that. It's crazy and I said, And I said, all of our patients, our patients, I put the happy face thing up there and I said, all of ours are down here. That, that crying, frowny face, <laughs> that's all of my patients mm-hmm. the whole time they're in treatment, right? Yeah. yeah. Remember the crap we used to take about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was because of pain being the fifth vital sign. We were being accused of under-treating our patients. We had a legal problem because mm-hmm. of it. I understand you, I had to go absorb all that shit. But you weren't even not, in those but conversations. But it's so no, unscientific right. in a medical scientific environment to say something that can't right. be measured. It's a bigger... Well, that was how they got their way because it became, who are you to say? 
Yep. They say they're in pain. Oh, and then they they're didn't pain, they have pain to pay. Is, but you can take somebody's temperature and do their, their way? blood pressure. They, they, it was it's long and involved. Watch Bob's documentary. Yeah, yeah. We're going okay. okay. <laughs> to go to break. And I'll be dead in a ditch. <laughs> we're going to go to okay. extendo break. You have a good time, Sherry? Oh, I'm having the best time. Uh, Shelly, you have a good time? Absolutely. It's good to see you. Every it's time. Goes, it goes way too long but in between. Well, call me up. She's down the block. Where is this house that I have to go visit? Right down Figueroa, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not far from here, right? No, it's not far Far. This is like, like 15 minutes. Highland Park, Echo Park, yeah, yeah, that area. Exactly. You live, you live way up in the hills. It's a joke, but we all live it's in some she's version in of, a, of the hills. She's the part. She's, she's like, she I'm a pioneer. I'm you a pioneer. By, by Mark Maron. It's, an old, it's an old joke. Dwight Yoakam and I were kind of homeless together, and then he became Dwight Yoakam. Mm-hmm. So you guys so, were never really homeless. Well, Uh-oh. we did our laundry the at the Seven Eleven on Coanga and, Co- and when you didn't and have a girlfriend, which was hardly ever. <laughs> did you guys know each other like way back? Oh, way back. Oh. They were so anyway. There was a group of uh, using. Yeah. So there. so, but Dwight, who was a non-user, never did anything. Dwight, who's he hanging with you for? Why did you hang with him? More importantly, he was a punk rock cowboy oh, guy. Yeah, he was yeah. he was yeah, in he my was circle. That off. So years later, his guitar player is producing one of my records, and he comes by and he's telling me where I said, "Where have you been? I haven't seen you in years." And he goes, "Oh, I live up off of Barham." And I was like, "I live up there." And he goes, "No, no, Bobby, I live, I live way up, way up way off Barham, <laughs> <laughs> like Mulholland." <laughs> that's like you know, yeah, that's the there. degree of yeah. rock and roll, whatever success. Right. All so right. Drew lives way up in the hills. We're all in the foothills. I yeah. live in the f- yeah. I live in the foothills. Uh, I live in an up and coming neighborhood. Yeah, you know? yeah, that, yeah. That's why I. I love that a, area. A I live in the valley. You live in what the valley because I'm a valley. Girl. I w- my I starter home was in Encino, uh, north of the freeway. That's where your See, daughter should move. Starter home. Perfect. Yeah, no, I live in Calabasas, that. but I live very close to Malibu. I live off the canyon. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love uh, Canaan. Off of Las Virginis. Las Virginis. Oh. <laughs> I drive really? there every week. It's a really great place to All live. All right, you guys, we got to wrap this thing up, right? Love hey, it. We're... See okay, you later, thank kids. You. See you okay, next time. Bye. Take me like a piano, you can do it. Bury me in the sand so you can dig through it. Let me like a piano. Paint these walls blue